Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrat. If you're in need of a sideline replay system, check out GameStrat. They have the fastest sideline replay system on the market. They provide 24-7 support during the season, which separates GameStrat from the rest of the competition. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. So go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. We'd also like to take a moment to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of our audience knows about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to players quizzing to install, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage today's student-athletes. Make it a priority to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a demo, and let them know we sent you. Point podcast. Uh, tonight we have Jeff Glessner uh, with uh, Pistol Triple Option Football. Coach, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. How about you? Well, we're doing good. We're doing good. It's, uh, you know, the weather's sort of crazy here in Virginia right now. It was like 16 on Saturday. It'll be like 70 on Thursday. So um, I'm sure I'm going to get sick again. But anyway. <laughs> I had to stop wearing my Crocs down here in Florida. You know what I mean? So I'm a little upset. Yeah, right. It's a little chilly, isn't it? <laughs> I tell you what, man. Life of luxury right there. Uh, hey, Coach, hey, get us started, man. Talk about your background, um, you know, where you're from, and, you know, talk about, you know, where you played, how you played, and kind of where you're at now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I uh, I uh, grew up in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, went to Chancellor High School. I was one of those kids. I was a six-year-old. Always wanted to be on the sidelines. Loved Chancellor football. Um, you know, that's where I was introduced to the wishbone. Uh, and really, that that was my whole coaching philosophy right there. Um, you know, I, I played at Chancellor my senior year. I was a starting slot back on a state semifinal team. I had, by the way, I had absolutely no business being on the field, none. Uh, but somehow I started uh, because I was a good blocker and I knew the offense, uh, you know. And then from there, I, uh, when I graduated uh, high school, my parents were from Seattle, and Seattle was always a second home to me. Uh, and I always wanted to go to the University of Washington. I moved out to Seattle and I joined the Washington Army National Guard to pay for school. Uh, was out there for eight years. Uh, I met some really awesome buddies, um, you know, and uh, I coached at Mount Rainier High School. Uh, you know, they were not good. And we won five games with them, and that's saying something. Uh, we went to Kent Lake. Kent Lake was, was bad, and within two years, we went undefeated, um, you know, and then we were there for a couple more years. And then the guy I was with got a head coaching job at Curtis High School. Curtis High School, at, I mean, that's probably other than Bellevue and Skyline. Uh, Bell, um, I would say Bellevue, Skyline, and O'Day, Curtis would be number four in terms of historic football programs in Washington State. They won eight titles. I mean, it was, a, it was an absolute honor to coach there. Enjoyed my two years there. Uh, and then the last two years, I got to come home to Chancellor High School. Uh, you know, obviously no longer there anymore, uh, but, uh, you know, that, that was pretty cool. You know, that was always a dream of mine since I was six that I was going to be the head football coach at Chancellor High School, and, uh, and, you know, I was able to do that. There's not a lot of guys that can say that. So, uh, overall, my coaching career, I've been very, very happy with what I've accomplished. Um, very happy and very fulfilled. Hey, Coach. Well, coach, that's great. Coach, I want to ask real quick because um, – 
I don't know why, but it, my memory just bang came back to me because uh, you kept saying Chancellor, Chancellor, Chancellor. Have you ever heard of a guy named Micah Cunningham? Oh, absolutely. I played with him. He was a starting quarterback for us my senior year. He was a sophomore. Yeah, man. Micah, Mike was our quarterback, and Dominique Wallace, he was uh, one of the best players in the state of Virginia. He was our B-back. Uh, yeah, man. I was. It was funny. So my senior year, Micah was the quarterback. Dominique was the B-back. Our left slot was the state 100-meter champ, Roderick Sproul. And then there was me at the right slot, and all I did was block for those guys. That's, hey, that's important, man. That's an important role. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. Uh, when I first, I first started getting on YouTube and, and, and researching, like, some triple option and wishbone, boy, Micah Cunningham, sophomore highlights, junior highlights, senior highlights. And this guy was a bad boy running some uh, – looked like trap and trap option from the quarterback spot. And I was like, wow, man, who is this guy, man? This He's a, he's a bad boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's good stuff. Coach, um, you said you were at – is it Rainier? Is that right? Mount Rainier. Mount Rainier. Is that – I'm trying to think because I was talking to a guy – it's been a while. Um, are they the Mountaineers? No, they're the Mount Rainier Rams. Okay, so it must be a different school out there. All right. Um, why don't you talk about, like, some guys maybe that influenced you, you know, that really helped you kind of develop your philosophy and – and some guys you might have had to lean on, you know, to help you make some decisions, um, you know, as you came through as an assistant and, then, of course, as a head coach. Well, you know, and it, it, it's kind of just back up. I mean, my philosophy has been the wishbone since I was I was a little kid. I mean, that's never changed, you know. And another thing as well, you know, there's just always something about option football that clicked with me. You know, just just the whole concept, whatever they do is wrong. For some reason, my, my mind just always was like, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, why be, why try to run through a brick when you can just not block the guy and read him? Um, but, you know, I learned the wishbone. Uh, I learned the triple in high school. Um, and then I, when I moved out to Seattle, I didn't know anybody. I, all my family was out there, but I didn't grow up over there. Um, second home, but, you know, my dad played at Mount Rainier High School, and then I – I met this crazy guy named Chris Paulson. Oh, my goodness. A uh, guy I co-authored the book with, man. I, um, you know, I, I would say Chris and Jay Freeman were the two guys that I really learned how to develop as a coach. And I really learned, you know, aspects of the game. You know, um, on the West Coast, the passing game is – it's unreal. And, and I have to be honest with you, if I never moved to Washington, I don't think I would know anything about the passing game because that, that is just how amazing it is over there. I was shocked. Uh, I, I learned the passing game from Chris Paulson. His brother played at Oregon. David Paulson uh, was a tight end at Oregon through the Chip Kelly years and played in the two Rose Bowls and played in the national title versus Auburn and, and, and played with the Steelers for, I think, three years. But I, I learned all that stuff straight from the source. And I – it was funny when I moved out to Washington, I just realized how little I knew about the passing game. And Chris Paulson, I mean, he, I learned everything about the passing game from him. Uh, and of course he learned it a lot from a couple areas. He learned it from Tony DeMeo. Our passing game is Tony DeMeo's passing game. So I don't want to take credit for that. Um, you know, but, but um, he played for uh, Mike Price at Washington state. Well, Mike Price and Dennis Erickson invented the single back 11 personnel offense in the eighties. Uh, you know, Mouse Davis is from Portland, Oregon. Mouse Davis, you know, is basically the guy that revolutionized college football. Um, so just being kind of where I was geographically and kind of those influences um, and then add the wishbone background and the four-back offense, and we're going to run triple, and this is what we do it. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where our stuff evolved. When I first met Chris, he was a spread guy. And I was a wishbone guy. So the baby we kind of made coaching-wise was the triple and the pistol. I mean, that, because our whole thing was, you know, if we're going to be the best passing team in America, we're not going to be in the pistol. We're going to be at five yards. We're going to have an offset back. We're going to be the best triple option team in America. We're not going to be in the pistol. We're going to be under center. But we always said we're going to be the best uh, – we're going to be the best damn triple option passing team in America every year. And uh, we, we threw the rock. I mean, and I look at some of our highlights and, uh, uh, you know, pretty, pretty incredible. And, and again, all of that's uh, – the run game was me, but the passing game was all Chris. 
That's awesome, man. Well, talk about, you know, uh, we, we just talked about a little bit uh, how, you, how you brought the wishbone and you kind of uh, brought the pass game with it and evolved it into uh, the pistol flex bone. Can you talk a little bit about, though, how, how you approach the triple option from the pistol a little bit uh, unique? Or even you guys said you went under center a little bit this year. How do you approach the triple option uh, a, a little bit um, unique versus what we kind of all know um, uh, how we approach it? Uh, I'm totally screwing this up, Coach, but you know what I mean. Oh, no, talk, talk, about, talk, about, talk about how you're a little bit unique in your approach. So, you know, the R-based triple option rules are actually not flex bone rules. R-based triple option rules are the original wishbone rules established by Emery Ballard and Daryl Royal. And, and they actually approach the option differently than the Paul Johnson school. And don't get me wrong, we still do, you know, number one and number two. You got to read one, you got to pitch off two. But the original wishbone coaches approach the option actually very different than the current flex bone coach uh the current flex bone coach is just kind of we're just going to call triple and it's going to work versus everything which is fine and i agree i more power to you i agree with that um but the original tri triple option was actually it, it it was predicated on principles of the defense and if you figure out the principles of the defense you have just made life a whole lot simpler because there's some fronts in the flex bone man where the one, two, three count system, I don't think it works. You know, I would say a double eagle unless you have a tight end, you know, um, you know, and uh, I know Chris never wanted to have a tight end. So, you know, we get a double eagle, you know, we were just, we were just freaking, you know, we we're trying to put around a hole at a, a square peg, man. Um, you know, a four, four double A gap blitz that always hurt us. Um, so here's kind of how we approach the option. And again, so the, the basic premise is, we're going to be in a balanced formation. We're going to have five and a half defenders on each side of the ball, right? So we have six defenders on one side and five to the other. Obviously, we're going to run to the five defender side. Now, um, and this is something I figured out four or five years ago. And again, this simplified everything we did. And we changed the way we blocked the perimeter. We changed our count system because of this. No matter what, no matter what, no matter what defense you're in, the first defender, and notice I'm saying first. I'm not saying one. I'm saying the first. The first defender from the sideline has the deep third or the deep half, no matter what. Uh, even if it's a cover two, right? So the corner fires, but the safety gets over the top. Well, now the safety is the first defender from the sideline. He's always, no matter who it is, the first defender from the sideline is always responsible for the deep third or the deep half. No matter how you draw it up, the second defender from the sideline is always responsible for the pitch. No matter what, however you draw it up, no matter how you draw it up, the third defender from the sideline is responsible for the quarterback. Now, is that theory perfect? Absolutely not, right? Because in that theory, you're not counting a zero, right? And one of the hardest defenses in college to run the triple against is the 4-3 squeeze and scrape. Well, the Mike's the zero in that defense. So the Mike is theoretically the extra player. But if you approach it from that way – you know what the defense is going to do. Now, there's another caveat with that. So we've already we already discussed how there's five and a half defenders on each side of the ball. First defender uh, from the sidelines, the the deep third. Second is the pitch. Third is the quarterback. If there are only three perimeter defenders, this is where we're different. If there's only three perimeter defenders, we have numbers on the edge. I want the ball to the second and third phase of the option, right? So, so if you think about a 5-2 double eagle, right, um, how many perimeter defenders do they have? Well, they have the defensive end, they have the safety, and they have the corner. Well, we have numbers on the edge, man. Just get the damn ball on the edge. We don't, we don't need to be reading it. Now, what we, we, what we evolved to tell our quarterback, we still mesh, and, and it kind of just becomes a feel read. You know, I would tell, like, our quarterback this year, Trevin, hey, man, we have numbers on the edge, so you're always going to be right. Um, but just if there's running room, just give the ball, right? And I tried not to over this. Um, so let's talk about – are there any questions on that? Because I know that's a little bit different from how a lot of people run the option. I know most people in run support, they count one, two, three, and the slot blocks uh, number three. 
No, I'm, I'm following you, Coach. I, I, you know, at first I wrote down on my, my note sheet here numbers, you know, totally get that with the five and a half on both sides. And, you know, you get six to one side, you want to attack the other way. That's that's numbers, you know. And then uh, – yeah. but as far as your perimeter blocking goes, no, I'm, I'm definitely following you. Um, and I'm just thinking here, you know, we played a 4-3 and we were running some of this zone triple stuff or whatever, you know what I mean, from the gun, the GTO. Yeah. And uh, we played like a four three, and and we had a lot of the those those stacked backers popping B gap and stuff like that, and they played too high, and that's that was the way that we actually uh, beat them was to speed option that the end man on the line of scrimmage, like you're saying, you know, you got the numbers out on the perimeter, hit it, and that's all we had to do was get it outside the contained guy, and let our pitch guy run with the ball. I mean, and and, and we were hitting it big, you know, we had the slot, we had, we were two we were two for two on the perimeter, if you will, and getting the uh, pitch out to the slot, we ended up being three over two. You know what I mean? So yeah. we were in really good shape. Yeah, and, and how we teach um, how we teach perimeter blocking is we tell the slot you always have the second. Again, we still count one and two for the quarterback, but we always make sure on the outside end we use the terminology first, second, and third so it doesn't confuse the kids. And whenever I ask the kids and they go, oh, I have two, I'm like, who do you have? No, you don't have two. You have the second defender from the sideline. So the play side slot is second defender from the sideline, no matter who it is. Now, are, there are times that we don't want to do that, right? Like versus a 4-4 where we have B-seam linebackers and, and the outside backers really hard to block. That, you know, we want a flex bone load block, that, right? You, you know, send the slot, the mic up to the free. Um, but, uh, by the way, we've pretty much, ever since we went to that and, and told the slot, you have the second defender from the sideline or in the wishbone, you have the second defender from the sideline, we have had no blocking. All right. Um, when we decided to block that way, we basically had no perimeter screw-ups. And that, I mean, again, you know, a 4-4. Now, we blocked the 4-4 a little bit different. Remember, we don't count a zero in our count. And if that free safety is really coming down, yeah, well, you can easily defeat our triple by just leveraging the edge and the free safety filling the alley if he's good enough. So, so there's defenses that we would change the rules, for, right, like that defense. But there's a lot of times versus a 4-4, dude, if the free safety's deep, we have numbers inside and we have numbers outside. I don't really care what the quarterback does. I just don't. It's like, whatever you feel is right, man, just don't fumble the ball. Um, you know, so, so that's kind of we, – we approach it from, from – we approach it more from a philosophical view than the, the traditional flex bone one, two, three. Again, there's just there, – there have been a couple fronts, you know, and then, that, that have screwed up our rules, and then we get mad at the kids, and then the kids don't know what they're doing, and then we got to coach it up on the sideline. And, dude, if you're coaching that up on Friday night, you're screwed. I mean, I don't care who you are. You're screwed. That's not when you do it. So um, it's just a very it, – it, it's very much the wishbone way of doing things. Um, but obviously the big disadvantage with the wishbone passing it. I mean, that's not even – that's not even a question. So um, that, that's where we approach the triple. Um, and, again, you know, this year we went four and six. Uh, you know, we, uh, we were not good on defense at all, but we did rush for 3,000 yards, and we did, we did throw for about six, like 230 yards which yeah. that Brandon Smith kid is pretty good. That kid's, yeah. Yeah. That kid's a monster. Yeah. Yeah, they beat us in the semifinals two years ago uh, up at their place by a touchdown, and he was a junior. He, he was a good player. Um, but so let's kind of transition, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of understanding kind of where your background's coming from now. So, you know, you talked about blending that, that sort of West Coast passing game with your, you know, blending it with your wishbone background. And talk about, like, you know, why you chose to, to be in the pistol to do it. I mean, I kind of think I have an idea, but talk about that. And then, you know, maybe talk about, you know, why you, why you prefer the pistol. Okay. Uh, so, uh, as I was saying, you know, grew up in Virginia. So, I'm a, I mean, I'm a wishbone four-back guy. I want to run the ball. Um, I want to run the ball. Um, met Chris Paulson, he was a spread guy. And, and when I first met him at Mount Rainier, he was try he did the Tony DeMeo book, like word for word. 
And so we just evolved from that. You know, being a triple guy, again, dude, if, if you guys go out to the West Coast, nobody runs the triple. Nobody runs the wing tee and nobody runs it. So we were, I mean, we were Oklahoma out there. You know, we were, I mean, nobody ran triple except for us. And so that's just kind of how it blended. It, it blended, you know, the, the pistol was the baby of the two. Uh, and we rushed for a lot of yards, but we were also really, really good at throwing the ball. Um, and and it, our thing with the pistol was, we're not going to be the best triple option team in America. We're just not. Structurally, it's not going to happen. Uh, you know, the year we went, went undefeated, we, I mean, we averaged 340 yards rushing game. But, um, you know, there's just a lot of West Coast influence in the way we did things in the pistol. Uh, obviously, I think the big one is the run and shoot offense because really the run and shoot and the wishbone, they're the same thing. One is just the run game part and one is the pass game part. And hell, it evolved to the same formation of the original run and shoot. Um, so I learned a lot about the passing game over in Washington. Again, I think uh, the influence of the uh, one back offense from Mike Price and Dennis Erickson, uh, June, jo oh, well, June Jones isn't from there, but my Mouse Davis being from Portland. Uh, and then obviously Chip Kelly and and, and kind of uh, Bill Walsh in the West Coast offense. Um, so I hope I'm fully answering your question. Just, I mean, that's how it evolved. And, um, you know, we just grew from it. So let me go back to the count system. So this is why we were so successful in the passing game. So, again, we're, we're going off the premise that the first defender from the sideline has the deep third or the deep half. Second defender from the sideline has the pitch. Um, well, okay, so so imagine a cover two defense, right? So the second defender from the sideline is the corner now, and uh, the first defender is the safety. That's our stretch route. You play cover two versus us, you're gonna, we're going to kill you. In fact, that was one of the original premises with the wishbone having a, a split end. If you read the wishbone Bible, it, the, the, the big problem with the split T was cover two because they were meshing at the end of the line of scrimmage in a funky formation, and they couldn't block the perimeter. They just couldn't. And Daryl Royal figured out, or not Daryl Royal, Emery Ballard figured right. out, well, wait a second, we need to split it in to make this work. We can't, we can't run this to a tight end side. Right. So uh, that's our answer. If the second offender from the sidelines, the corner, oh, we throw a stretch, right? Because that's one of the original premises of our offense. The wide receiver is attacking the deep third of the field. You have to. You have to. In fact, I mean, that's what it says in, in the wishbone Bible that if split T coaches in the 50s and 60s had actually done that, football history would be written differently because they refused to do that. Um, now, if you're the second defender from the sideline as a safety, or if the free safety in a cover three or a cover one look is inverting, you throw the post. You throw the post. I mean, we stole the post. It was, you know, I, I'm a big believer that the post is probably the best route in football. You know, it's the route all of us threw to our best friends when we were eight right? Go deep, and I'm going to throw it as far as you can, right? So, so that's where our passing game, dude, we saw cover four, cover four run supports the safeties. They're coming down on the option. Well, they don't have anybody on the post. We're just going to throw the post. Same with cover three invert, same with cover one invert. But if it's, if it's, uh, if it's cover three and we can hit the same, we'll throw stretch. If it's cover two, oh, if it's cover two, you can't defend the option and defend our passing game. It's impossible. Everybody that's played cover two versus us has just gotten killed. Uh, excuse me. They've gotten killed if we connect in the passing game. I should, I should correct myself. Right. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of the theoretical structure. And, again, the count system on the perimeter, the run game and the pass game are mirrored. And, again, that I, I ever since we went to that philosophy, I just feel like it simplified everything and our passing game absolutely exploded. So, I know that's kind of a lengthy way to answer your question. Um, well, no, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I think you're, you've decided, you've, you were able to figure out how to make it simple for the kids and sort of keep the, the concepts of installation the same for, for both, which yes. obviously when you're – I don't care what level you're at when you're teaching kids and they can carry over concepts that they get it quicker and they can play faster. So, no, it makes, it makes complete sense. Well, when you're in a pistol and you're and you're working through your inside veer, um, were you guys like a a riding the side concept, or were you like a point method for your mesh? I'm a riding the side guy, and uh, 
honestly, the longer I coach, the less I coach the mesh. We used to really coach the mesh. We, the, the past three years, we've barely coached it, man. It really is getting on your A-frame and let's rep it out a million times. But I'm just a big believer in the ride and decide. And, and, and I even thought Georgia Tech kind of struggled for a couple of years. I remember from 2009, 2013, they pointed the ball. And I thought there was a lot of two, three, exchange, or uh, uh, one, two exchanges that screwed with them. You know, outside backer would go for the, the dive. Well, there's no mesh. Um, and, and now there's smarter people than me that would say that I'm full of it. And I have more power to them. That's fine. I'm just a ride and decide guy. I played the option. Um, I, I just feel like with repetition, just rep it out. We have problems with the mesh. Just rep it out. We don't need to coach it up. Just rep it out. Um, you know, so that's. It, it's weird. We really used to coach up the mesh. <laughs> and again, I had an option coach a couple of weeks ago tell me I was crazy for doing that. And he could be right. Uh, I just, I don't know how much we got out of it. I just don't know. Like, did, did we really get out? Did we, did we really get a lot out of it telling the B back to squeeze the ball once he's at the front hip? I don't think we did. <laughs> did we get a lot? Um, you know, teaching the fullback, if it touches you, it's your ball. I don't think we did. Uh, did we get a lot out of the fullback telling him that you're going to feather the bottom of the ball? Or even Herb Meyer, <clears throat> Herb Meyer teaches kind of a crazy, I'd have to watch the DVD again, but he teaches kind of a crazy mesh. I, I, I just don't, I don't think I'm sold on any of that. Just the old school ride and decide. Ride it out. You have the freedom to ride it as long as you want. And, uh, Let's rep it out a million times. If we rep it out a million times, you guys aren't going to screw it up. Hey, Coach, uh, last time we talked, I was really intrigued about um, how, how you teach the slide step with the quarterback. Can you talk a little bit about that and how it works and kind of why you prefer it? Sure. So that's actually funny. <laughs> so when we were in the pistol, it really depended on the year. Um, you know, when we first did the pistol, we really, again, the more I've coached this offense, the less I coach it, the more we just rep it out. And if the quarterback likes it one way, hey, man, we're going to we're gonna roll with that, and that's fine with me. Um, you know, but but uh, uh, our first years at Kent Lake, we taught steps, right? right? So you're going to catch the ball. Uh, your play side foot's going to go forward. It's basically inverted under center steps. Um, and then our third year at Kent Lake, our quarterback, Stephen Church, he just kind of slid with the ball. He just kind of turned his hips, meshed, and he kind of just rode him and slid with him. And we filmed practice, and we watched practice film, and it looked good to us. And, again, it's, it's quarterbacks. If he's more comfortable with that, let's – okay, man, let, let's go with it. You know, I like the slide personally for a couple reasons. Number one, remember in the pistol, we're not in under center geometry. We're, we're a little bit further back. There needs to be deception. What the slide does is three things. Number one, it allows you to mesh longer, right? Number two, it, I believe that when you slide because the mesh is longer, you can control the defensive end. And number three, you close the space. So if you're, if you're just stepping, I don't know, like it, it – there's so many times when we when we were in the pistol and we stepped, you know, like the quarterback would make a decision and we'd kind of be like, I don't know, did he make the right decision? I don't know. Did he? Like he kind of didn't have that long to mesh, you know. And then when we went to the slide, it's funny, we, we, we stepped, then slide, then we stepped, and then we were like, why did we go back to the step? Let's go back to the slide. Again, those are the three big reasons, right? That he allows for a longer mesh. Uh, you control the defensive end, and you close the space that kind of is your disadvantage in the pistol. Uh, and, uh, yeah, man, we, <laughs> we had some runs where we would slide the pistol and, the no, and nobody on the defense knew how the ball because the slide freaking, you know, the mesh was six feet long, uh, <laughs> which I, I, I like. Um, still under center is better. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I wouldn't fool anybody that under center options a lot better than in the but it kind of reminded me of, um, and I think we talked about it a little bit. It kind of reminded me of power read, if you will, because you you know you're shuffling, if you will, like three steps before you pull the ball and make your decision. And it kind of yeah. reminded me of that same kind of footwork 
And I had to, I'd never seen that. And uh, we actually used that coach um, in 2017. We were running a little bit of outside veer without a tight end, two, two man surface outside veer. And we were running out of the gun. And we used that. Uh, we were playing against a bear front. And man, that outside linebacker came, or uh, a nine technique came to the dive, quarterback pulled it. And it was nice, man. It was nice. Yeah. Quarterback was really good at it. And, and like I said, I think if in the pistol, you know, I think that's that's the way to go. Now we also had a lot of success with stepping. It really is just a it's just a preference. I think more mechanical kids, you need to step. Better athletes, like my last year at Curtis, so we had two quarterbacks. We had Jordan Parker and we had a a, 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 a Clemo. Um, Clemo, uh, uh, do you guys remember Brian Hampton at Navy? Coach is shaking his head. So Brian Hampton was kind of a bigger – he was a wishbone uh, quarterback. Well, Clemo would step, and Clemo was really good at stepping. But Jordan Parker, who was kind of a smaller, um, just slicker guy, he slid. And, you know, Clemenson was really good at the option, and Jordan Parker was pretty good at the option. So, again, it, it's just all personal preferences. And then, again, if the kid's making the right read – and nothing's getting screwed up, roll with it, right? <laughs> I'm with you on that, man, for sure. Yeah, don't, don't overcoach it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Well, Coach, you want to talk a little bit more about run and shoot? Oh, uh, of course I do. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know, I know you love it, man, uh, and I love it too. Uh, Coach, uh, Coach McLeod actually has a couple articles on his uh, website uh, on the go concept and the choice concept. Um, but uh, talk a little bit about your passing game and how it's evolved, and then, uh, you know, a little bit about that run and shoot. Yeah, I mean, so our, our passing game, again, you know, the premise of our passing game is based off the premise of perimeter defenders against the option. Um, you know, uh, so the, choi the, the, the the stretch route, it just kills cover two, cover three invert, cover, cover four invert, the post kills it. Uh, but we have, you know, we um, – our last two years at Curtis, and, again, this is all Chris Paulson. I don't want to steal anything. I don't want to steal anything that he made. Um, but, you know, it, it, let me talk to you about uh, one of our big evolutions. And, and if I ever uh, coach in college, our passing game is going to be this. It's phenomenal. So, just like in the Tony DeMeo book, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but in the book, everything is seven-man protection, everything. So uh, the tailback is going to have the playside mic. If he blitzes, he picks him up. If not, he's going to flare. And then the opposite side slot, who's not getting into a route, he's going to check release off the outback. Right, so if he comes, he picks him up. If not, he's going to get into a, into a flare. <laughs> Good man. That's <laughs> what Tony DeMarco <laughs> However, we did a study, we did a study, um, and we realized in six years, we needed that backside check release twice, or I don't know if it was only twice. It was pretty much never. We never needed him to block. Very rarely did we need him to block. And so we're like, dude, why don't we just get him in a route? So what we started to do in our drop back game, because again, we can run stretch as a drop back concept and we can run stretch as a play action concept. What we did is we got them into a route and that's where our run and shoot stuff really evolved uh, because the, the way we run switch and the way we run stretch, well, it's the exact same way the run and shoot guys ran it. And we allow our guys to sit down on the route. Now what we don't allow to do, because I know in the run and shoot, and by the way, Julian Edelman, you know why that guy's so good? He was a freaking run and shoot quarterback in high school and in college. He knows space and he knows that in the Super Bowl last night, that was all run and shoot stuff. That's all it was. Um, you know, so we, we don't allow him to break off digs, but you know, if there's a whole sit, um, you know, so on the front side, so if we were just to go, to go 50 wide stretch, Y would run the stretch, uh, Z would run a fade unless. By the way, the fade unless, that's easy, man. Corner bales, just sit your route at 12. We're going to throw you the ball. But the backside slot now is running a seam route. 
So it's four verticals. And we scored a touchdown versus Louisa this year on that. On, on fourth and 11, we call 50 wide stretch, and our quarterback saw the backside seam. Nobody had the backside seam. He was wide freaking open. Um, you know, now our switch route, if we went 50 wide switch, it's the exact same thing. The Y is switch and Z is getting up pass. Backside slot is still running uh, backside seam. And I mean, you know, we don't half roll like the run and shoot guys, which by the way, I freaking love the half roll. I think the half roll and the run and shoot is beautiful. I think it sets up the defense. I think it sets up the safeties. Um, but uh, I mean, when you look at our stretch and switch route, it's the exact same thing as a run and shoot guys. Again, the one difference is we don't allow them uh, because it's high school. You don't need to do this. We never allowed them to break it off into a dig. Um, we, we just never felt the need for that. But on the backside of our choice route and our scat route. So let me talk about our choice route. So choice is the one we hit the post all the time. So if we went 50 wide choice, so why would run the choice route, which is he gets up eight yards, he breaks it out. And basically we actually evolved it to where you're running it out unless you literally can't. And that's the only time you can sit inside. Coach, say that one more, say that one more time. We had a little bit of a lag there just because I want, okay. that's, that's real important. So on our on our choice route, it's not the true run and short, uh, the run and shoot choice route, right? Where you're on three by one and and the uh, you know your trips right, the extras running the choice, and uh, you have a steam read and you have a drag backside. It, it's the Tony DeMeo. I mean, it's the book that you just had. That's the choice route we run, and you know um, the slot gets to eight yards. He can either sit it inside or he can break it out. Again, we want him to break it out. But if it is open, go ahead and sit your route down. We'll throw you the ball. Playside wide receiver is running a skinny post. And by the way, that's a really important coaching uh, point. He is not running a post. He is running a skinny post because we coach the quarterback. And, again, this is something I learned out in Washington. We barely coached the quarterbacks in the passing game. I mean, we really didn't coach them very much. It was – our philosophy was we're just going to rep it. We're going to rep it a million times. However you throw the ball, that's fine. Uh, but we're going to throw the choice route 10,000 times before our first game, right? Throw to space. The wide receiver keeps his route skinny. So now he has the whole field to work against the defense. Quarterback, just throw it to space. The wide receiver will magically go and get the ball and make you look like a stud. On the back side of the route, right, again, we got rid of the check release. Um, backside wide receiver has a dig. Backside slot has a wheel route. And that was Chris Paulson that figured that out. And that's beautiful. The backside dig, uh, you know, we, we haven't figured out how to – we never figured out because, of course, I took the chance to move 3,000 miles away from Chris. We never got to figure out how we could actually get that work. But in our study, had I not gotten the head coaching job, literally the backside dig was open every single play. It was, uh, that wheel route opened up the backside dig every single time. Same with our scat route. So our scat route, front side wide receiver, he's running a four-yard pivot route. Um, front side uh, wide receiver is running a dig, right? And uh, backside wide receiver is running a post. And then the backside slot is running a wheel. Um, now, let me say one more thing with our progression. And this, or this is something that I learned. Uh, and this is something I'm a big believer in. So I know there's a lot of guys that say, you know, we're going to read the flat defender, whatever the flat defender does, we're going to do the opposite. Okay. And there's teams that do that successfully. So I'm not saying they can't. I'm a big believer in a progression passing game. I just am. Um, you know, it's more systematic. It's more one, two, three. Oh, choice is open. I throw the choice instead of one, two, three. What's a flat defender doing? Oh, he does this. I'm going to hit the choice. You know, it's just like, no, just go through your progression. And, you know, I, I'm a firm believer if you just go through your progression, the design will take care of itself. So then we don't have to overcoach it. And then we don't have to get pissed off at our quarterback when, well, I thought the flat defender took the curl. And it's like, no, he took the flat, throw the curl. And, and, again, I understand. And let me say this. Probably the best way to attack a defense is to read defenders. I think that is the best way to do it on the chalkboard. And I think, overall, that is the best way. But I just think, practically spanking uh, – look, I didn't play quarterback. But, dude, 
it's pretty hard to play quarterback. So I'm really not going to criticize quarterbacks, and I want to keep things really, really simple for him. Um, and I just feel like make it a progression. Your progression's always going to be right. And guess what? If your progression's not right, that means we screwed up as play callers. We shouldn't have called that play. We'll, we'll check right out of it. Um, you know, so uh, that's kind of been the evolution of our passing game. Um, you know, and if we get into trips, you know, I don't have a whiteboard, so I can't draw all this up for you guys. But, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I, I really think Tony DeMeo passing game is absolutely incredible. I mean, it's incredible. And, and the additions that Chris may do it are incredible because um, I think it's a legitimate college-style passing game, which, by the way, though, when I moved back to Virginia, this football is nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing to state. There's a reason why we went under center this year. Because <laughs> this whole, we're going to be West Coast and throw the ball a million times. No, you do not play football like that in Virginia. That's why uh, That's why we went under center. That I, We abandoned a freaking offense that I wrote a book on because I, I there's just no way. It, it, football's different. We got to play wing T. We got to play single wing. We got to play all these freaking triple option teams. We're going to throw the ball 50 times? Get out of here. That's No. Now, we're we'll getting under center and run the ball. Um, hey, Coach, I had a quick question, too. I, I know, uh, you know, when we talk about run and shoot, you, you lean heavily on uh, Tony DeMeo. But go back to that uh, the Tiger Ellison book you were, we were talking about before that you, that you really like, the run and shoot book. Do you yeah. see, see how many different adjustments, you know, like take the seam route on four verts. You know how many different adjustments there are for the, you know, uh, for, for the number two slot? Hey, do you, what is your uh, kind of philosophy of applying something like that to, to the high school level? Like, did you cap it at, you know, you had like one adjustment or did you use all those adjustments with your guys within those concepts? So interesting. It, it's funny. When I read the Glenn Tiger Ellison book, as amazing as the book is, it is very not. I, I mean, look, man, I, I'm all about free flow and football, coaching football and watching. I'm all for that there needs to be a little bit more structure. Than that book. I mean, that book, literally the guy has the option to take it a hundred different ways. And uh, I'm all for options, man, but geez, you know, it, it was really June or not June Jones. It was Mouse Davis. Cause remember Mouse Davis got this book in 1965. Mouse Davis figured out, wait a second, this is genius, but I really got to cut it down a lot. Um, and Mouse Davis was really the ones that, that invented all the modern, uh, he invented all the modern uh, route conversion. Um, really the only two route conversions we teach, and I guess there's a third, but we don't, we stop running the play because it never worked. And, and then we get pissed off at the kids. And then we realize that, wait a second, we just shouldn't call this play because it never works. Um, but, but there's really two route adjustments. When we run stretch, we tell the, we tell the wide receiver. So that we're different than most triple option teams. Most triple option teams, if they're running play action vertical, they're telling the slot to go straight up the field. We do not do that. We want to arc into the seam. Arc into the seam. If it's cover three uh, or one high safety, it's how we teach it. Just split the corner. Split the corner and the safety. You know, if the if the safety worked for width, you have to work for width. We really rep the hell out of that. Like, because if you don't, that safety is going to come downhill and take your head off. Now, important coaching point versus too high. Very important. Do not tell your slot to split the safeties. Don't. He will get killed by the backside slot. What we do is teach him to run through the inside shoulder of the backside safety. Because that way he's splitting the safety. But think about it. If we're going to go Lucy Wise stretch, right? So, so we're faking triple right and we're throwing stretch. Let's say the safety is on and it's covered two. And the safety stays on the seam. Well, now the fade route's wide open. So don't worry about it. Like, don't over-adjust your route. But if the dude is expanding like he should, well, now the inside seam is wide open. I, and by the way, because I, I, I am taking a hiatus from coaching right now, because of that, I'm putting all my stuff online. Like, I, I, if you guys want to look at the stretch route, if you guys want to look at the choice route of all the stuff I'm talking about, it's all online. I mean, it's basically seven years of post route touchdowns and stretch problems. Now let me talk to you about the other um, let me talk to you about the other route adjustment uh, that we really like for the high school level. 
And we actually did this really well. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I hadn't been under center in 10 years. And the big thing I was going to do this offseason was really put together a study for under center passing game. Because, I, 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 you know, I, that's a totally different monster, man. And, and quite frankly, I was not ready for that. And I thought I was. Um, when we would run four verts, we always just hit the, the comeback. Right? Convert your route. The corner bail, sit it down at 12, we'll hit you at 12. I mean, it's always open. Um, it's, it's, it's always open. Um, in fact, if you throw, there's two routes that are theoretically impossible for the defense to cover a comeback and a dig route because the dig route versus man coverage at some point, you're going to break away and versus zone coverage. Eventually there's going to be a hole comeback. I mean, how do you defend a comeback? I mean, you can't defend a comeback, yeah. you know, um, you know, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl two years ago versus the Falcons, he hit like five of them on his final two drives. Just just come back, come back, come back. You can't cover that. Um, so anyways, I kind of got off topic a little bit there, but those are kind of the, the, the route adjustments that we teach. Now, if we were in college, we'd go full-on run and shoot, man. We would we teach all the route adjustments, um, and we, we'd go uh, – we, we would mouse Davis it up up there. Now, now your wheel route, you did, are they allowed to use that same um, rule that you get to 12 and then kick it into a comeback uh, on a wheel route or same kind of idea? 100%, absolutely. Okay. I like it. And, and you know what? It doesn't have to be perfectly at 12 either. That was something we used to really be anal about. And then we stopped because it was like, dude, corner bails just sit. The sure. quarterback will figure it out. Same with the wheel route. We used to be real pricks about it. Nope, you can't hook up till 12. Now, he can't hook up at four, and he can't hook up at five, maybe even six. But you know what, man? If it's seven or eight, whatever. You know, just just get open, and we'll throw you the ball. No, I like it. I like that, Coach. Well, hey, uh, let's let's go ahead and move on. we got a couple of questions left for you here. Uh, uh, Coach and I wanted to know about uh, wing T. You know, we talked some, about some triple option and some, some run and shoot. How about wing T? You merge any of that uh, into your system? One, oh, absolutely, man. Um, absolutely. Oh, you, you know, my, my whole theory about the triple and the flex bone, I mean, think about this, and I think this is pretty brilliant. So clearly the triple and the flex bone, it's, it, that's wishbone triple option. That's the roots. It's a freaking four-back wishbone. That's what it is. The formation uh, evolution is the run and shoot. However, your complementary plays, they're all wing T plays. And, and you know, I, uh, coming from the Bob Oliver tree, and he was a, uh, you know, he thought the wing T was communist, and Bob Oliver always had a, uh, Bob had a reputation for stopping wing T and doing a good job of doing it. You know, so I hated it just being a chancellor guy and, you know, it's stupid, whatever. Dude, I got to be honest with you. I think the wing T is one of the best running games I ever devised. Um, I think trap. Uh, I cannot tell you how much trap has helped us the last couple of years. Now, when you run trap, you have to get the right look. If you don't get the right look in the triple option, it's not going to work. Um, but we've put in trap. We've put in counter tray. We've put in rocket toss. We've put in belly. Belly's been one of our best plays the last three years. Um, you know, we used to run belly. We used to run belly a really stupid way. And then Chris and I, we were watching film one day, and we were just like, why do we run it this way? And the answer, of course, was, well, because we've always done it this way. Yeah. Like, That's really stupid. Why do we do it this way? So how we run belly is we show rocket toss motion. So here's the premise behind our belly. Right, second defender from the sideline has the pitch. We're trading one for one on our rocket toss motion. If we trade one for one, now we have numbers inside. So our count system goes for pretty much everything. Um, trap, oh my goodness, I, trap. I can't believe we went all those years without trap. I mean, that, <laughs> that play, you know, what? And, and we really figured it out. We figured out that a lot of the wing T blocking schemes are the same as the wishbone blocking scheme. Because think about counter tray, right? And if, if you're blocking counter tray, uh, to a one technique side. Well, how do you block counter travers one technique side? You down the one and you veer to the mic. Well, that's how you block triple. So basically, you're really just teaching backside guard, backside tackle a hole. I mean, that's what you're teaching. Um, trap, think about trap. 
all all trap is is midline triple except for one guy. Think about it: the guard veers, the tackle veers. That well, in in our midline, our center usually blocks back unless he's covered. So everybody's doing the same thing except one guy. Um, I think the wing T running game, dude. I you know we played King George's cheer. We rushed for four hundred yards. Um, I think 180 of it was on trap because their backers were so wide against the option. We're just like, dude, you don't have anybody inside. We're just going to trap you guys and get up in there. A counter tray. Let me, let me talk to you about counter tray. And, it, and we kind of struggled running counter tray under center. I never felt comfortable with it this year calling it. I just never felt comfortable. But when we were in the pistol, the last two years in the pistol, counter tray got us out of a lot of jams. Counter Trey, um, I don't know, man. I think Counter Trey out of the pistol because there's space in which you can operate under. It just it, it was another way to attack a one technique, right? And it was another way to attack a one technique to the to the uh, uh, short to the boundary side of the field, right? So you're going to show triple motion to the field. You get everybody flow into the field, and then you're going to run Counter Trey back to the one technique backside. Um, and then obviously rocket toss. Now I'm not going to lie to you guys. We are not good at rocket toss. Uh, in fact, Tony, I think I asked you for some rocket toss clips because we're so bad at it. <laughs> I mean, we've just never been good at rocket toss. And and quite frankly, there's only one team I know of that's really good at rocket toss, and that's Mass Ponics High School in the in the area that I live in. I mean, they're amazing at it. We're terrible at it, and we're never good at it. Um, so, you know, next time I get back into coaching, I'm going to need to do a lot more research on rocket toss because we get all the coaching points that weren't old and it just never worked, just never works. So, uh, no, man, the, the wing T it's a great offense. I'm not a wing T guy, but I've really matured, man. Like wing T is no joke. And, and there's a lot of blocking principles in the wing T dude. If you combine it to the triple, you have answers for all defenses. I mean, and let me – I want to talk about one more thing, midline triple. I think midline triple is the best play in freaking football. <laughs> I think midline triple – I cannot tell you how many problems midline triple solved for us. Um, we would get really well-coached defenses that really knew our offense. And midline triple takes away a lot of auto blitzes. It takes away the motion key. Uh, your quarterback's never going to carry the ball. You get a free pull pitch. You don't. We block the perimeter the same way. Slot. You have the second defender from the sideline. You're just twirl motioning. Um, so uh, again, not to get off too off topic, but the wing tee and midline triple. That's been the last couple of years that has really helped our attack. And um, if you're a triple option guy that doesn't like the wing tee, you need to suck it up because there's some really good <laughs> stuff in there that really helps you out. So. Yeah, man, you get your, your predetermined, uh, you know, playoff where you hand it off to somebody, probably your best playmaker, run your little midline triple, man's a fancy toss sweep, right? There you go. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. how, uh, you ever mess with any any Jet? No. Um, <laughs> excuse me. No, I just lied. For, for, for five years, we ran Jet. Hold on. For six years, we ran Jet. Um, it was okay when we were really deep in the pistol. As soon as we went closer, it's just it, the play went downhill. Uh, you know, we probably abandoned it. You know, we got rid of counter tray for some – and Chris and I talked about this all the time. Why did we get rid of counter tray? That doesn't make any sense. Our thinking was it was it was another blocking scheme that we had to install, and we have counter ISO, so that takes care of counter trade. Once we got rid of counter trade, Jet went to hell because we didn't have a quarterback counter. Uh, we ran dart read right where where you're going to counter trade it backside, but you're going to read that front side guy. Um, I feel like if you're going to run Jet, it needs to be a series, and you need to have a series devoted to it. And by the way, Matt uh, Lafayette, you guys are amazing at the Jets. And you, you, you guys ran a freaking clinic on, it, on us with that. Um, you, you guys are pretty good. Um, so, so it can be a successful play. We just never, just never clicked with us, to be honest. Well, Coach, man, it's been great. Um, 
we're getting close here to an hour and, and I know I can kind of tell we could all probably go all night here. We love talking about it. Um, but kind of talk about maybe, you know, what your plans are for the near future. Um, you know, if you're looking to coach again and, or if you're looking to do some consulting and, you know, maybe, or maybe you're going to start running camps in that area. I, I, you know, what, what, what do you see your future as? Um, right now, I'm just, I'm getting out of education right now. And it's, it's kind of unfortunate. I just, money, um, and I hate to say that, but, you know, I have a kid. I want to have more kids. Um, right. You know, uh, uh, wasn't the best situation here. Um, you know, if I get into coaching again, it, it's, it's going to be with a couple people that I really trust. Um, and, and uh, you know, it might even be college, but, uh, you, you know, usually that doesn't work out. Um, so uh, right now I'm actually trying to get into IT. I'm, 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 uh, I'm uh, learning computer coding. I'm teaching myself, uh, getting up early in the morning and doing that. And then right after school, going to Barnes and Noble and put in a couple hours in that. Um, but you, you never know. Who knows in three years, Chris Paulson might call my name up and we decide to move back to Washington and get back into coaching. Um, you know, uh, uh, right now, I'm just kind of dabbling with a lot of the pistol stuff we've done in the past because, you know, as a head coach, I wasn't a coach. I was a CEO. I, I was a CEO and, oh, wow, it's practice time. I actually get to do football now, you know. So I'm just enjoying the fact that I get to do football again, uh, you know, and I don't have to deal with any BS don't have to deal with any drama. Don't have to deal with any of that. I can do, we can just have conversations like this and actually talk about the stuff as to why I love football and why I love the structure. Uh, consulting, um, you know what's funny? When I made the website, I was not a head coach. As soon as I became a head coach, there was no way that was going to work. No way. <laughs> no way. So I might get back into it. I mean, if people want to contact me, absolutely. I would just love to, to talk to Paul and um, you know, there, there is a possibility of me writing a second book. Um, I, I'm probably going to have to get another job and get established at that first. But, um, you know, I would love to update the book that we wrote because um, I love writing, uh, writing and reading about football. So, well, That's awesome, Coach. I appreciate you coming on with us today, brother, and maybe have you back on another time here soon. Absolutely, guys. This was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And we'll, uh, in the show notes, I'll make sure I link to all your social media and, 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 uh, and your contact information that you want to give out. I'll make sure I link that all in. So if people want to get in touch with you, they can reach out. Oh, absolutely. And I would, I would love to talk to anybody. So yeah. Yeah. coach mention your book one more time. What's the name of your book one more time? Coaching the pistol spread option offense. Jeff Glisner and, and, uh, uh Chris Paulson, right? Yes. All right, Coach. We'll, we'll take it easy now. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can download our podcasts at Apple iTunes. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good. And maybe leave us some comments about some things you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, you can download it on the new Google Podcast uh, application and on Stitcher. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple on Twitter. Our MeshPoint podcast has its own Twitter page, and that's at TheMeshPoint. Again, on Twitter, at TheMeshPoint. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I run an option blog there. We also have a forum where you can connect with coaches across the country. And I've just added a new uh, section entitled podcast where you can download future episodes all right tony why don't you let everybody know how they can get you on social media all right guys go to three face football on twitter at three face football and uh you'll you'll be able to follow my account and um the cool thing about it is, is every monday we do something called mesh point monday and basically i'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic and it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh the country and uh to, to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, 
like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.